let's talk about chat gpt welcome to the thought bistro with akhil and vishrut as a deep dive into a variety of interesting and thought provoking topics join them as they explore the world of ideas and broaden our collective horizons so um when we searched and we wanted to try and find a description for chat gpt that made sense to everyone so we did what we thought we should we entered on chat gpt what is chat gpt and this is what the response we got it says chat gpt is a language model trained by open ai it says it's not a chat bot but a text based ai that can help answer questions provide information and generate human like text on a wide range of topics now this may sound like a lot of technical jargon but it's essentially a search model and you can you can talk to it you can type messages into it and you'll get responses so here we are today to discuss what it does how it does it and what are its implications to us and what we think about it i think i'm going to expand on your definition because i was really wowed by it you know it it's a very different kind of search experience you can search stuff as basic as how old is barack obama and it can go really deep as you know code in python the snakes game from nokia for me and it gives you a full coded game on there and i tried to grab the game and run it on my computer and it just worked like a charm and it is a very surreal experience trying to search something which used to be so trivial at all times rip coders rip coders that's all i can think of when you're saying that and being a coder myself i'm a little scared honestly and happy because a don't you don't have to spend the hours coding but b damn is it going to take my job that brings us on to the next part of our discussion um you know how humans are always very resistant to change i think we were talking about that earlier you know you look at the start um of we just let's look at technology you know the internet email all these things we we as humans are very very resistant to change every time something phenomenal happens we try to hide in our caves and try to protect our darkness there was this very interesting story about three people sitting in a cave and three people just see shadows for the rest of their lives and one day this one guy gets outside the cave and sees some color and realizes that the elephant shadow actually has a beautiful gray to it and it realizes that the tiger's shadow has a beautiful yellow to it he comes back and tells everybody else and they call him crazy they tie him up and they kill him so just like that every time we have a new technology as you said internet and email we start questioning do we really need the internet do we really need a mapping tool to deliver newspapers that is just stupid or if we'll get email what will happen to our letter delivery man or something as basic as automation if there is automation in the manufacturing segment then what will happen to the laborers well guess what they move forward and they find a different niche a different subset of skills and a different way to work in and that is where the world moves forward dude look at kindle man when kindle had come out i remember everyone being oh my god this is the death of paper books no one's ever going to buy a paper book again and uh, hello newsflash that is not the case people love their kindle but people still love books 
and they still buy books in heaps i can i for one can say that you know with my head held high that i love my books and i i will continue buying books so there is no and i i love kindle as well because there's stuff that i can't find physically which i can find online which is great i think that's a beautiful way to put it as well right because at the end of the day there is no black or white and every argument lies in the gray every argument has a bayes rule to it it has a yes probability and a no probability and that's the beauty of our evolution altogether you find people using tablets and then they say tablets replace laptops that doesn't happen however it does take a chunk out of it and it gives access to more people and it gives a new kind of access to answers to people which is where we build ourselves i think it just uh, takes away the whole generality of things like uh, a laptop today has a much more specified function a tablet today has a much more specific function today you know a desktop for example you thought when laptops came desktops are going to be finished you know nobody is going to sit on a desk and you know confine themselves to a desk sit in one place and do something but now desktops are being used for a lot more power consumption like things that require a lot more powerful processors a lot more energy that stuff is being done on a desktop and as you move from desktops to laptops to tablets your level of operations go down and you're becoming that much more efficient that much more optimized so you can say in a sense that you know this evolution this whole thing of moving forward has actually made us uh, realize that you know this is something that's that should be specialized and you know targeted for this particular job because that's what it does best i think for us growth has always been a scary topic and growth has always come in different flavors and when such a growth is coming through where a machine can sit there and it can give you the answer at your fingertips or the machine can sit there you can feed code inside it and it can debug the code that really changes the spectrum of things these brilliant minds that we have on this planet they have one limited resource and that limited resource is time and the more of it we can provide them which currently we do try to do every ide has a debugger built into it but the more we can provide them the better questions they can ask and the faster answers they can find and that's what it's all about as as far as growth goes and i think that's the beauty of uh, an ai because an ide debugger is very constrained in what it knows it knows exactly what the developer is feeding into it it's not adapting like you know every second it's not learning new things whereas something like chat gpt is learning it's constantly learning as we were going through it is it's influenced by this thing called common crawl which crawls the internet every month and collects some whopping amount of data what it was what was it 380 terabytes or something more than that tebibytes tebibytes that was the one which is yeah, i think was- one it's 1 is to 1.1 so you can do the math and it's like some crazy amount of data that's basing itself on and this is just every month so and it's been doing this since 2011 so i mean a rough calculation tells us that's about 100 odd months that it's basing at that the crawl has done and this is just 60% of the data mind you so chat gpt in the data that it's influenced by has a uh, 60% of its data of 410 billion tokens coming from common crawl and the other 40% or which is about another close to 70 or 80 billion 
uh, tokens come from other sources around the web, including uh, some some of you might scoff on it, 3% of its tokens coming from Wikipedia. The other bit is coming from books, which is also a phenomenal thing because we tend to value our books a lot and the information in our books tend to be more accurate than that on sources like Wikipedia. So for those concerned, the sources are pretty valid. Yeah, books have about 6%, 16%. Right. And with that, I would like to delve into the next topic, which is, do you think this is the future of search? Because we've been talking about future so much. So how does search build onto this? So I think you and I were having this conversation earlier that, uh, you know, when we were doing math in college, we had Wolfram Alpha and Symbol Lab to help us solve differentials and integrals. And, you know, basically the problem statements that we were given, the problems that we were given had to we had to form the integral, but solving it, we could always use an integral solver or a differential solver and find the answer. We never had to really do the hard work of really doing the integration step by step. That was just something we knew. And the professors we had in college realized that, yeah, this is something you know. We don't, we don't need you to do that again and again. And this alludes back to the repetitiveness that you, you were referring to earlier, that you know we have a limited resource called time and we need to utilize it better. So I think what this is going to do is take out that monotony from our learning. Obviously, one still needs to know the basic concept of integration, differentiation, and all these other things. But do you really need to put in the time or which the 15 minutes that it'll take you to solve an integral that a model online can do in a matter of seconds? You know, there was this great physicist. His name was Richard Feynman. And he put it very well. He's like in ancient times, they used stones to do two plus two. And they would put two stones and then two stones with that. And they would know that it's four stones. Then they came the beads and they would use, you know, strings of beads and try to do the same kind of mathematics. And then there came the strings where they would tie strings together to try and have some kind of a memory of mathematics of how it was being done. He's like, I do not care. All of these are just tools to get me to the final answer of I have these many of something. And he says, when we have invented calculators, use them. When we have invented the future, use it. And similarly, when we discuss the education system, you and I both did our education from India in the Indian system till high school. And after that, we both went to the U.S. I had this really weird experience, right? Because in India, you're supposed to memorize the formulas and you're supposed to not use a calculator. You're supposed to use the old method of writing it on paper and trying to get the calculation down. Oh, those you're supposed rough to work columns. Oh, those dreaded rough work columns. Oh my God. Oh yes. Do you remember trying to do the square root of something and then just messing up because you're supposed to have so much guesswork put into it? Forget just messing up. You messed up because you've written something down, like you've written a number wrong or you've copied a number wrong from your rough work column into your fair column. Oh my God, the nightmare. I was a very careless, mistake-prone person. So this this is literally some stuff that my nightmares were made of in school. I used to be dreading that, oh my God, have I? please tell me I have not made a careless mistake because those used to be the bane of my existence. The question is, what did they want us to learn? 
Did they want us to learn the process of thinking, how to answer a question, or the process of actually conducting those calculations? Because when I got to the US, they gave me my laptop, they gave me my calculator, and they're like, we'll make such a difficult exam for you. And you get all the resources. That neither will help. Yeah. You have to know the concept. Right. And still the average score would be like 40 marks out of 100 in class. Despite us having access to messages where we could just message each other. What's the answer? And everyone is struggling when they had those variations, right? They used to give us four different papers with the numbers jumbled up. So you couldn't really message the other person and be like, hey, you know, I have this version. Which version do you have? And so... That was, and as I said earlier, they used to, they used to give us problems to form the integral that needed to be solved. Whereas what I noticed a lot in India is we used to be given the integral and they were like, solve it. So rather than the, like, you know, understanding the concept behind, okay, this is what constitutes making an integral or this is what it may be used for. And then not really bothering so much into the process of solving it because there are more efficient things out there to solve it. They were much more, uh, you know, they were more focused on the actual doing the hard work and solving that integral. So the next question I have comes from that chain of thought. So the chain of thought is when you Google something, you find multiple resources, you find multiple answers. You find multiple opinions as per se, and you're supposed to form your own. And when you go through like tens of 20 pages, and then when you get to that, then you form an answer. However, in chat GPT, you just get an answer. So do you think that is a good? Do you think that is a bad? Do you think it is a bit of both? What's your opinion on that? So I think it, again, depends on what you're searching for, what you want to get out of that search. So today, if you and I want to just be like, oh, what? how old is Barack Obama? We just want a one-word answer and we want to move on. You know, we don't need three Google articles giving us three different answers. We don't need, um, you know, we don't need verification on it. We just need a ballpark figure. So it all depends on what one is searching for. And I know you and me are very similar this way that we would honestly prefer reading 15 articles rather than someone giving us the answer. But at the same time, there are times when both of us would just be like, dude, just give me the straight answer. I really don't want to get into the depths of this. So I think this gives you that option that, you know, how far into something do you want to go? So what about the populace though? When you talk about the many, will they just use it as the word of God, you know, as per se, when my teacher tells me something, it is correct. Now, if chat GPT tells me something, it is correct. Is that a possibility for the many? Because we, we are lucky to be as educated as, as we are, but that's not the entirety of the world. So do you think it'll have consequences on that front? The, um, I can't like, I mean, I can't speak for the many, but I definitely think there is going to be a certain chunk of people who will do that. And chat GPT or models that will eventually come about that are similar to chat GPT will definitely, you know, have this sort of, oh, give me an answer and the answer will be provided to you. For example, the model that chat GPT is based on, yeah, it's called the text Da Vinci. So um, that was a much more rudimentary bot where uh, it didn't have any barriers on it like chat gpt will not give you anything that is gory or violent or you know it doesn't 
glorify pain it doesn't give you an answer when you say oh how can i bully someone whereas you know there will be uh, ai bots that will just give you answers to that so that is the gray when we talk about ai that is the gray when we talk about a model that is trained on amounts of data which you and i can't even fathom how large that is like you know 400 terabytes of data i mean i have a 1 terabyte hard drive and i've had it for the past 6 years and i've not been able to fill it so imagine 400 or terabytes of data per month volumes that are unheard of like i mean unimaginable to you and me this leads back to the discussion we were having prior to the recording which spoke about everything mega that happens everything big that happens comes with two sides of the coin right and for example we spoke about nitrates the person who came up with the concept of nitrates was a boom for agriculture and veritasium has a video on this which is a very good video to watch and that video talks about how the human population boomed right after the discovery of nitrates because agriculture at scale was possible post that otherwise they had to get bird poop from some island in uh, papua new guinea and that bird poop was traded like gold and it was required to refill the soil with the nitrates as well but that same nitrate is what is used to make gunpowder and that same nitrate is what burns as bombs so that dude the one guy has been responsible for the most lives taken and the most lives bought on this planet altogether which is uh, it's a beautiful irony on on the same scale we have things like oil right on one front we talk about how oil is so bad for the environment and how digging oil is killing earth and how it's unsustainable on the other end it has been oil that has given us such drastic progress over the span of a couple of decades when we were born since then till now the world is a different place to be when we were born is still a long time ago i i say in the past decade if you think about the world in 2010 or 2011 and you look at it now it is a whole other world man you look at you know i mean the way covid has changed things i mean even if you look at 3 years between you look at 2019 to 2022 i think therein you can see a marked change in the world like that is all thanks to change right. that has happened against our will we were all stuck at home and we were forced to make changes that have changed the world for the better and today things that we think think are normal are things that we thought were so alien i mean look at this what we are doing like you know we're sitting in two ends of the world and recording this podcast i mean who would have thought of doing this 3 years back 3 years back this didn't exist definitely and it's always these hardships you talk about covid covid brought so much death but it also brought so much progress and i i hate to put it this way but we might prosper post this it happens every time it happens during world war 2 when there was a line the first line of internet which was put between england and america absolutely absolutely i mean we were talking about it yesterday that only when there is hardship only when someone is in a dire situation do they push and tug and do everything that they can to get out of it so that's that's when they discover new things so yeah i mean our world I mean, for all you know, this AI bots are going to be the thing of the future. Today, the way we search things, we are not going to have to search Google articles again. We can just ask our corresponding chat bot, which we use. He like, hey, can you give me like different articles on this instead of I just I want an answer. You you maybe you have a version of Google that is that works both ways. 
one giving you a straight answer and the other saying, okay, here, here are the one, two, three, four, five articles that this answer has referenced. So let's discuss the other side. There are always the pros and the cons, right? So let's talk about the scary aspect of this. Right now, the industry is very monetization driven. For example, when you talk about Google, when you talk about Facebook, when you talk about Twitter, when you talk about the recent elections that happened in the US, when you talk about Indian elections, we have always discussed how these things have been able to skew results in a given direction based on advertisement. So what are your thoughts on the monetization of something like ChatGPT? And do you think ads will be able to drive a given set of population in a given direction? So um, I think this also then brings into play the whole thing of, has it passed the Turing test? You know, is this AI sentient? Can it actually influence people's opinions or emotions? Like I was reading about Lambda AI that was done by Google and Google has this uh, engineer called Blake Lemoyne and he was you know, placed on administrative leave because he put in a case that, oh no, Lambda AI is sentient, whereas Google claimed they have a lot of data saying that it isn't. So on ChatGPT, I tried to run one of those, uh, you know, those questions that, hey, how are you? Or, you know, what are you feeling? And it very clearly gave me an answer saying that I am a chatbot. I do not have emotions. And it gave me the very generic answer. But where is the line? You know, there is that whole thing that there was this bot that was created on Twitter and within some 11 minutes or 12 minutes, I'm not sure of the time, so please don't quote me on this. It became a Hitler-loving, right-wing, you know, fanatic. So there is always that side of AI, which is, I mean, Marvel, Avengers, Age of Ultron, you know, what? So there is always that side of AI as well. So we have to first, you know, come to that thing that are, are we comfortable with AI being sentient? There is this great documentary on Netflix. And that documentary is made by different people who have worked for companies like YouTube and who worked for companies like Twitter. And they talk about the effect of this rabbit hole where once you see a video in a given direction, it keeps leading you deeper and deeper into your own views because it tries to reaffirm your thinking. Now, coming back to the topic of chat GPT on this front, this is a machine that is giving me an answer. It is not giving me multiple options. If I'm to talk about answers versus research, then if that answer is skewed by a sponsor, or if that answer is skewed by the fact that somebody's paying me more money compared to somebody else, then that can actually drive the population in a very different way. Maybe some regulation should come along with it. I am a core, hard-coded capitalist. I do not believe in regulations much. However, I do think that at some point, people's opinions need to be protected and people's freedom of thinking needs to be protected as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you see uh, everywhere in the world, I think regulation is something that we as humans require in some amount. I don't say too much, but you know, you have to find that sweet spot somewhere. And as you're saying that, you know, today, if if we're looking at the future of search where we're not really, you know, physically going through all the documents or all the articles and we're just getting an answer and that answer is being skewed by someone sponsoring it or some ad popping up 
um i think you know a lot of people won't have the patience to you know sit through the ad or be like okay you know this is probably just a sponsored thing let me actually wait for the real content that is going to follow so yeah we have to definitely have that distinction and you know there has to be that that line somewhere that has to be drawn that you know guys we understand that technology is going much 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 further but we need to know that you know we can't use this technology can't be the basis for someone like becoming a dictator you know suddenly it turns out one person's been influencing you all the way along you know slowly subtly just uh, moving your opinions in their favor human agenda never does end does it it comes back and it keeps coming back in different forms and i think in the current day and age as long as everything has a highlight on it that yes i am trying to feed this to you so that you consume rather than being it being in a hidden manner that's the only way forward yeah i think the there has to be that explicit nature about any sponsored content or ads that do eventually come on to chatbot and then i don't know you know uh, doing this whole turing test and understanding whether ai is sentient i don't think we're really there yet i think there's one that has gone to about 33% uh, approval after the turing test so 33% of its answers were believed as if being given by a human or some something along those lines for our listeners who are unaware of what the turing test is it is a test to understand whether ai can be differentiated from human beings as if both were not in vicinity for example if you tell siri siri call me an ambulance siri will respond saying okay from now on i will refer to you as an ambulance i am very interested in trying that now <laughs> yeah i i i tried that yesterday i i think they've updated their model since then i don't think mine worked quite as well but yeah this was one of the examples i ended up finding on um on the website that i went for uh, and it showed me an example of a turing test that said you know with siri who we think is such a you know evolved thing and we say hey siri call me an ambulance it says yeah i will call you i will refer to you as an ambulance from now on and that is hilarious thankfully they weren't hooting ambulances outside their house that would get very yeah. funny very soon that would get that would not be very funny that would be scary for some funny for the others huh so vishal i think are we ready to pack up our discussion for the day i think we can continue this discussion for hours and hours as we've just noticed there are so many rabbit holes which we have just skimmed over and you know i think it's better that we leave it at this point and let our listeners decide where they want to you know take their opinions from here these are just a few of our opinions and uh, i would also really like to thank them for being a part of our first episode congratulations pakil we have successfully gotten through our first episode congratulations to you as well and hopefully it's a long long journey that we have become uh, we are yes, beginning right now absolutely absolutely so thank you to everyone for listening um yeah please let us know what you think about it please subscribe to our podcast if you enjoyed it share it with your friends we're new so we need all the help we can get and um we should be uploading episodes on as regular of a basis as we can so do do stay tuned with us and let us know uh, where we can improve and yeah you'll find links to get in touch with us on our show notes thank you